Hello guys, welcome back to the G Show. This is the 19th episode of the G Show. I can't believe we're almost at the 20 mark. So yeah guys, the 20th episode I guess will be a special one for me because I hit a mile marker. And basically all I do on here is talk about sports and I'm glad you guys seem to enjoy it. So yeah guys, let's get into the episode. All right, guys, so this episode is going to be, I think, a little shorter because there's not too much to talk about on a Tuesday night. I mean, my favorite sport overall is football. Now, obviously, there's no football going on right now, so it's kind of hard to make a lengthy podcast when you don't have too much to talk about. But I do follow basketball and hockey and college basketball, so I can at least talk about that. So it's something for me to talk about, but majority – my favorite podcast I think I've ever made on here have been focused on the weekend because that's when football is in college football. So, I mean, I could t- I'm going to think I'm going to talk a little bit of football, but not too much. Um, the headlines in football today is the Skins um, talked about getting Kaepernick, but he um, says he lo- likely will not sign him. If you don't know, uh, Cole McCoy went down yesterday in the Eagles um, Redskins game, so they might need an actual quarterback besides Mark Sanchez, who had the fam- infamous butt fumble. So, Colin Kaepernick has been out for a couple years due to his um, kneeling of the national anthem because of injustice and, I guess, racism, you can call it, discrimination. So, I guess the uh, Redskins were looking into him. I know he's still working out every day. I've heard he said he still is, and he's getting up rolling and still practicing. But I guess they will not um, keep him. Or, well, they won't sign him, I guess, because I guess I figure why not just get a better draft pick with um, Mark Sanchez, the quarterback. The Bills cut Calvin Benjamin, who was a star in um, the uh, for Carolina Panthers. Um, after training him a year ago, I guess he w- he wasn't playing that well. So I'm not surprised. I mean, he is a good wide receiver, but he just hasn't has performed like he should. And I think the Bills are like, well, I need wide receivers now that are going to help my rookie quarterback in the long run. And I guess they don't believe that Calvin Benjamin holds those qualities. So they figured why not just cut him and save us some money and we can get some rookies in the draft. Um, as long as the Packers firing Mike McCarthy, the head coach, they also fired a longtime assistant coach, Moss. I guess the Packers figured they need a brand new start, so get rid of your coach and assistant coach and start over. The Packers have had a really off season. They haven't been able to win games. I mean, I know their team has been injured, and the only star they have now is Aaron Rodgers, but. They, you have to take it out on somebody, and they're never the Packers are never going to take it out on Aaron Rodgers. He's too precious. So you bring on Mike McCarthy. You know, I don't really think it's Mike McCarthy's fault. So you do that, and then uh, next thing you know, they're gone. And I'm sure they'll bring in coordinators that are going to work with both those guys, Aaron Rodgers, and the offense mainly to be able to – coordinate with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I read an article saying that Aaron Rodgers was like 
getting to a place by Mike McCarthy, and then Mike he Aaron Rodgers at the line would change him because he didn't like him. So they didn't get they didn't have any respect for him anymore. So they figured let's just get rid of him because if your players can't respect you, your team is not going to do well. And then the other headline: Texans activate running back uh, Foreman from pup list. Um, Foreman, he's the guy out of Texas. He's a good running back for Texans. Texans they'll have Lamar Miller. He's he's still good. But Lamar, um, Lamar Miller, he's been good for a long time. So I don't. Foreman's kind of Defonte Foreman. He's kind of like a third down guy, in my opinion. He, I mean, eventually he'll take over. But for right now, he's just gonna be a um like the third down guy or the backup. But it's good you have two running backs in your roster. It's like the Atlanta. Atlanta has like probably the greatest duo besides the Saints. I mean, if you have Tim Coleman and Devontae Freeman, and then if you're the Saints, obviously, you have Mark Ingram and Al Kamara. So that's a really good duo. And the Raiders signing veteran running back C.J. Anderson. The Raiders' current running backs is Marshawn Lynch, Doug Martin, and Jalen Richard. And those guys aren't performing. And... Doug Martin was good in Tampa, but not not in Oakland. And Oakland's just had a struggling year, so I think fig- they probably figured uh, C.J. Anderson, who was a Denver Bronco, who maybe helped solve those problems. But if your offensive line can't block, I don't think any running back could come in and uh, change change your righty game at all. So I guess we'll see if the Raiders what. What they can do, but I I still don't think it's gonna do anything for the Raiders. I mean, you can't like I can bring in Le'Veon Bell, and he can have we can have an awful offense line. He won't perform, so I don't know about the Raiders doing that. I'm I'm I don't agree with that. You guys should tell me what you think. He's he, he's not a star running back, so it's not even really a big deal. Now I'm going to transition over to the NBA. The Mavericks are up 108-99 to 99 with, um, with 58.9 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Um, the Trailblazers just called a timeout to stop the time. Damian Lillard is the leading scorer for the tra- Trailblazers with 33 points. And DeAndre Jordan is the leading scorer for the Mavericks with 12 points and 17 rebounds and 2 assists. And nine minutes and thirty-nine seconds left in the fourth quarter. The Kings are up one hundred four to seventy-two against the Suns. The Suns are losing by thirty-two points. Um, the top form is Buddy Heel with twenty points, five rebounds, and one assist. And then DeAndre, in the one, number one pick, has ten points, nine rebounds, and two assists for the leading school, um, performer for the Suns. And then this is the primetime game of today. The Spurs versus the Jazz with 8 minutes and 47 seconds left. The Jazz are up at home 109 to 84. Um, Rudy Gobert is the leading scorer with 18 points, 10 rebounds, and 4 assists. And DeMar DeRozan is the leading scorer for San Antonio. If you didn't know, um, over the offseason, DeMar DeRozan was traded to the San Antonio Spurs for Kyle Leonard and Danny Green. And then some earlier games t- 
today was the Pacers and Bulls. Pacers won 96 to 90. Wendell Carter was the leading scorer for the Bulls with 12 points, 13 rebounds, and 4 assists. While Darren Collison was the leading scorer for the Pacers with 23 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 assists. And then the Magic played the Heat in Miami. The Magic won Wendell 5 to 90. Aaron Gordon was the top scorer for the Orlando Magic with 20 points. And Hashan Watside was the leading scorer for the Miami Heat with 12 points and 9 rebounds. And the Miami Heat fall 9-14. And the Magic, who are really surprising me, are 12-12. and I want to talk about, I think the centers are kind of taking over. Like, the league is shifting towards more a center game. I named you all these games, and most of them top performers are centers. Here, um, DeAndre Jordan, center. DeAndre Ayton, center. Rudy Gobert, center. Wendell Carter is power forward, but he can be a center. Hashan Watson, center. Every game basically has a center who's a top performer. I think that centers are really crucial, and some centers average more points than guards do. I think... Anthony Davis averages 28, and Joel Embiid averages 27.6 points per game. I mean, that's better than the average point guard in the league. And I think that a center is really important. He's going to be getting your rebounds. He's going to be able to pass, set screens, open your guards up for shots. His defense is crucial. He's going to be stopping everything in the paint. He's going to be obstacling the rebounds, passing them out to guards, blocks. And he's a big body to get around, so it's hard for um, little guys and little guards to get around him if he's in the paint and they're trying to drive. So I think the centers could be one of the more, most crucial positions on a court. I mean, the really good teams seem to have really good centers. Um, Like, well, I know I said that, but... I don't know, guys. The top team, the Raptors, don't have a great... I mean, actually, Valshunas is a good center. Never mind. Yeah, like Valshunas for the Raptors, he's a really good center. And, I mean, he probably contributes to the um, Raptors in a way that's not necessarily scoring, perhaps. If you're getting boards and you're getting your ball to your guards, that's more shot attempts and more points, probably. And if you're getting defense, if you're getting blocks and stuff, I mean, I know like Joel Embiid is a game changer. He's the star of the 76ers. So is Anthony Davis. They carry the team because Joel Embiid can bully like almost every center of the league because of how tall he is and how strong he is. He's hard to stop. He can shoot the ball. He can defend. He can create space, set picks. I mean, this is stuff that makes the game better. If you don't have a good center, your team will not do well. Not do well at all. I mean, the fact that centers are the top performers in games now, I think the league is shifting from a guards game to a, to a more of a center game. But you guys got to um, let me know if I'm wrong, I'm not crazy. Or if I'm making sense, because I think I'm making sense, because your your centers are averaging more points and they're benefiting your guards more because they're the ones who are 
giving the guards space, so it should be easier if you think about it for the guards because without having anyone on them versus if the center wasn't there and he was like just under the paint the whole time, they would have more of a difficult time handling the ball. But since since now, I feel like centers are definitely more agile, more mobile, faster, quicker, stronger now than they have been. I mean, centers can really run now. So, and most of um, top defensive players are centers. Like Rudy Gobert's won a bunch of times because he's a he's a he's a monster. He's he's tough to get around. And if you have a big body, at least I know, if I was playing a basketball game, I've played basketball games before, and if there was a big kid, I wouldn't want to go near him because I figured two things. One, he's going to be able to block my shots. And then two, he makes me uncomfortable. If I'm going to shoot the ball, he got his hands in my face. He's making it difficult. He makes me pass the ball. And then it, it applies pressure to the team. It makes teams make more mistakes. Mistakes turn into turnovers, and turnover turns into points. So overall, I think the center is kind of key to a successful NBA team or any team, in that matter, in my eyes, to win. A center sets up everything. So I, that's just my opinion, but you guys can tell me if I'm wrong on my social media or not. And now we're going to be sliding into uh, college hoops. Number five, Michigan is leading 62 to 60 against Northwestern. Um, Northwestern's hanging in there for 11 seconds left. Um, I hope there's upset because I really like upsets. That kind of makes college more exciting. Like I've said before, there's not nearly as many upsets in pros as there is in college. College, anything can happen. So, I mean, anything can happen anywhere, but I think it's more common with college. Um, West Virginia. That's Florida. Florida's up 35 to 31 with 14 minutes and 33 seconds left. Um, Oklahoma is up 185 to 80 against Notre Dame. In overtime, Providence beat Boston College. Uh, Number 22, Mississippi State, 190 to 77 against MSN. Number eight, Auburn. Auburn's a great athletic school. If you're looking to go to school in the South, I mean, they have a good football team and they have a good basketball program. I, I didn't get paid to say that. Just putting it out there, obviously. Auburn ain't coming to a little podcast like mine to uh, get sponsored. But number eight, Auburn wants 67-41. And then the last game, um, Kansas, number two, over, um, number two, Jayhawks. They're always just a solid team. Joel Embiid came from there. Um, beat uh, WOF 47, I mean 72 to 47. Um, I, I, I want you guys to let me know if uh, you were even into college hoops or football. I know I am, but I'm a pit guy, and pit doesn't get um, any love whatsoever because they're, the, they're not a big school. So if you're not a top, like if you're not a top school, they're not going to pay attention to you. They're going to care about the teams that are, like, dominant every year. And if you're not that team, yeah, they're not going to care about you. Pitt only lost two games this year, and they played nine. So they're, like, seven and two. That's pretty good, guys. But 
like I said, they they don't they don't really care. Cause we're seven two. We almost we barely we almost beat Iowa. So yeah, I was I was really upset. I, I I'm really upset about that. But I mean, the we're in tough division because um, Duke's in our division, and they're the like I know they're third. But believe me, guys, I think Duke will win it all this year. I mean, Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, those guys are like impossible. Those guys are top two, top five picks for sure. And Cam Johnson's really good, but I think he should stay another year. I mean, Cam Reddish. Why do I say Cam Johnson? Cam Reddish should stay another year because then he could be the star, and then I think he'll be a top five pick. I mean, their team is just full of good, um, good players. And I think that Duke, Duke just got the recruits. It's like whatever team in any sport gets recruits, the top recruits, your team is going to be good. And then when your team is good, the following year, players are going to come to your school because you're a winning school. And that's what happens with Duke. See, this is with a system. It takes one year. I'll give you a good example. Penn State, okay? Listen, they were awful before, right? Then they beat Iowa's um, Ohio State, right? They blocked a field, they blocked a punt, they won touchdown, they upset Ohio Ohio State. Everyone went nuts in the nation because Ohio State was supposed to make the playoffs, and they were like the top team at the time. Well, probably second mind Alabama. So after that year, Penn State started getting recruits. You know why? Because they were ranked, and now all of a sudden they're one of the top teams because they had a lucky punt. And then from then on, they've always had good recruiting. Saquon Barkley and those guys who went to Penn State, you think they would have gone to Penn State? They haven't blocked that punt? No, they wouldn't have. Penn State would have just been still average at best. But due to the fact that they won that game and they were ranked, they got better recruiting. And now that Penn State is going to be good for a while. But you can lose it just as fast. You have one bad year, you lose your recruiting status. So, like a team like Duke, who doesn't lose very often, they'll always get good recruits. Every year, they'll get recruiting. From somewhere, somebody will always come to Duke. And that's how they'll survive. That's how you survive in college sports. It's it's like, it's like no one wants to come to Pitt because they're not ranked. But if you're a good team, you always get replenished. You never even have to worry. All right, guys, we'll slide into the uh, transition to the last sport of the night I'm going to be talking about. It is hockey. Um, right now, the first quarter, the Golden Knights are tied with the Capitals 1-1. The Cap- Washington Capitals are a really good team. of Vetskin and TJ Oshie. They're 15-8 on the season with 33 points. What a going night to had a phenomenal, almost unbelievable season last year if they would have won. Who are 14-13 and one tie with 29 points. So not quite as magical of a year, but close game on ESPN+. Plus. You want to check that out. The Coyotes and Kings, this is a very depressing game to watch. I don't expect any of you to watch this game. Coyotes, who are 12-11 and 11 in two ties with 26 points, while the Kings are 
10-16 with one tie and 21 points. My friend told me that she went she went to a Coyotes game and they were selling tickets for 10 bucks and they were getting giving away tickets and like giveaways and stuff cuz people weren't showing up. That is sad. The Coyotes should not have a team. Coyotes are bad. I don't understand why you would want a hockey team in a hot place like Arizona, but that's just my opinion, and the NHL is just trying to bring in money probably. And Phoenix is a big city, so I guess I understand that aspect of it, but they're just not a good team, and they probably won't be for a long time, so I don't really understand that. And then the other game is the Wild. Well, they're third in their division, so they're still in it. They're, they're still a good. They'll make the playoffs, I think. Wilder 14 and 10 with two ties with 30 points. And they're versing the Vancouver Canucks, who are not a good team. 11 15 with three ties with 25 points. And they're tied 1 1 at the end. Um, the other game, I can't believe this actually happened. The Bruins, the really, really good Boston Bruins, lost to the Florida Panthers of all teams. Um, 5 nothing. Um, well, that's an embarrassment for the, uh, Bruins, because coming in, the Panthers only had 22 points. But the Bruins are only 14-9, so they only lost nine times, four ties, 32 points. So if you give an idea, they're like at the top of the list or very close to the top. And the Jets and Islanders played earlier. The Jets, want Winnipeg Jets, who are also really good, 17-8. and in 36 points. That's really insane. Um, they won 3-1 over the New York Islanders. New York Islands are average. New York Islands are 13-10 and 10 with three ties and 29 points. Um, Winnipeg Ears had a goal. Lowry and Truba had goals. And Hellybuck had 27 saves and Greece had 21 saves. So... Goalie play is really important in the NHL. If you have a goalie, just give up goals, you'll win a lot of games. And I'm surprised to see that as a Penguins fan, but the Penguins beat the Avalanche. You're 16-7, 6-3. Hornquist had three goals. So I'm I'm glad to see that. Um, <laughs> I'm so happy to see that. Um, the Penguins um, scored three in the first quarter and the third quarter. So, yeah, just a good win overall. I think the Crosby is probably the number two player in the league. Uh, I think Eric Carlson's number one. I want your guys' opinion about that. I know people think Sidney Crosby's a crybaby, but I support him, and he's a good hockey player, and he's won three cups. So I can't argue against that, can we? It's like saying Tom Brady's bad, but he has five Super Rings. Can you really argue that? No. They're both Hall of Famers, so you know I, I I know as much as I think I'm right. You guys can tell me I'm wrong, but I I I think that uh, Crosby is not a crybaby personally. But that's all right, everyone. For a man to get emotional every once in a while, all right, let's uh <laughs> let's give him a break. <coughs> and also, um, Seattle got their hockey team back. Um, the Seattle. Had a hockey team for a while, but they gave them they uh, they had to give it up 
because I don't think they were getting enough um, crowd. So they didn't um, keep them. But they are still have the stadium. They still have the old stadium, so they just have to renovate and stuff and keep it up. It will begin in 2021 20, and 2022. Um, the Seattle franchise will begin to play in the Pacific Division of the Western Conference, and the Coyotes will uh, realign to the Central Division. Um, we, they still haven't even figured out a team name. A um, couple names have been flowing around is the Totems, like a totem pole, Sockeyes, which is like a fish. So, yeah, it's kind of exciting stuff. I mean, they had one, but then they got rid of it. So, it's a cool thing. Uh, I don't um, I don't know how big... I like. I don't know how big this... Uh, like, oh, that's hard to explain. I don't know how big this stadium is or anything. Or, like, well, are they going to draw people? Or I don't know. I have no idea about Seattle and their hockey, if they're a fanatic on hockey or not. But seems like they're pretty happy to be bringing them back. Um, it says Seattle Metropolitan Seattle Totems. Um, it says um, all 13 possibilities. Names, ranks, so I guess this is in popularity. Like I said, guys, they haven't even ranked their teams yet. If you want to check out the list I, I pulled up, it's on Sports Illustrated. The top um, teams that seem to be on um, this list is number 13, Kraken. <laughs> Seattle Kraken, that's actually not a bad name. Um, the Seattle Firebirds, uh, I don't know about that. The Seattle Renegades, the Seattle Whales. That's that's kind of weird. I don't think the Whales really fits at at all, unless Seattle gets Whales. I don't. I'm sounding like an idiot. I I don't know if Seattle has Whales. I'm sure they do, but I'm just saying I don't. I don't know if they do. Um, Eagles, but a lot of teams already have like birds, so I don't know if that would really work. The Cougars, but. Washington State already has that name. Sea Lions. But, I mean, who wants to change Sea Lions? Evergreens. A tree. I want the tree as your mascot. That's number five. But Sockeye seems to be number one because it's a fish. It's kind of their, their trade-off in Seattle. They have a big fish market there. So kind of a staple Seattle. But number two is um, Totems. But that was a mighty hockey hockey league, and that was their team. Their team they used like totem poles, like chant team on the Rainers, which is the name that refers to a mound that looms over Seattle and the Emeralds, obviously being the Emerald City. So I don't know, but I'm just excited because the league's had 31 teams, so they needed to balance it out somehow. And Seattle already had a stadium, so figure why not have to waste money on building a brand new stadium and just put them back in the NHL team where there was a stadium. I mean, that just makes a smooth transition for the league. So, yeah, guys, that's all I wanted to talk about. Um, for any new listeners, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast, and I'll see you next time on the G 